0: I'm not going to share anything with you that you haven't heard before from me or from others from this pulpit or for from online but we need to be reminded of things and the reason we do a little bit of a teaching before we pray is just to kind of bring our focus in because you've come out of whatever whatever your life has been today and you've had to do today and we're coming together for a focused purpose and so we do this for that but also just to encourage us we just need to be reminded of things and sometimes Is just to be reminded prayer works, and that's kind of what I want to talk to you a little bit about this morning. This evening is to to remind us what we're about to do. We're about to spend time talking directly, without any interference, no mediator, no 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 interference. We're about to talk tonight to the God of all creation, the God for whom nothing is impossible. In fact, the Bible says, "For nothing is who's hard." to talk to the God who pleads with us to come and talk to him because the things we're going to ask him are things he already wants to do. So we don't have to convince him to do it. He has to convince us to come and ask him. You say, well, why do we have to ask him if it's something he already wants to do? Well, I'm not going to take the time tonight to go into a teaching on that, but when God established this earth, he put man in charge. He made man the God of this earth, gave him a responsibility, and with that responsibility, God gave man authority over this earth. And unlike most of us, God doesn't take back what he does. So even when man messed it up and turned it over to Satan, God didn't take it back, because God doesn't take back what he gives. And so when Satan, when Adam turned that authority over to Satan, he became the God of God of this world and there are many scriptures we could go through to show you that Jesus even refers to him as the god of this world. And so so Satan now is the god over this world but Jesus came back 2000 years ago to restore into the church the authority that God had originally given to man. So God would not do anything in that garden directly. He only did it through man. In fact, when it came to naming all the animals, God said to Adam you give them their names and whatever you call them I'll go by the name that you've given them because I've delegated that authority to man so when Jesus came he was the se- he's called the second Adam and he was perfectly obedient where the first Adam was disobedient went through the same temptation that, that Satan brought to Adam and Eve in the garden Jesus went through that temptation but he never yielded to it so he established a second line of authority from God. That's why Jesus said at the end, when he was raised from the dead and was about to ascend into heaven, he said, all authority in heaven and earth, and by heaven, he means the heavenly realms around this earth, not heaven where God resides, all the heavenly realm, the spiritual realm around this earth, all of that authority has now been given to me. And now he commissioned us with essentially the same responsibility that God had given Adam in the beginning, be fruitful and multiply all. In this case, it wasn't animals. It was souls. Go into all the earth and preach the gospel. The authority I've received, I now give to you. So God's authority to act in this earth, to deal with the problems that are in this earth, to deal with the spiritual problems in this earth, that authority God gave to Christ the Son, who now has delegated it, the head of the body, has delegated it to the rest of the body, which is us. So it's his authority that we're exercising. And I just wanted to go through that because we have a direct pipeline of authority to God the Father. So whatever we're going to pray tonight, assuming it's the will of God, and I know it is because it's the scripture, then we have God's authority flowing through us to deal with that situation. I share that with you because it's very easy, especially in the times that we're living in, Especially between the all this turmoil over the election and results and all that stuff all the all the the, the, the racial issues and the strife and the and, and the, the the just the horrible divisions within this within the, the this nation as well as within churches all of that looks overwhelming, let alone pandemic that looks like it's it is it's, it's, it's increasing again. And all these things, these uncertainties look absolutely overwhelming to us and they're this huge pro- collection of problems and then we've got this little bitty God that we come to talk to maybe every morning for a little bit of time and maybe when we come to church and, and we've got this little bitty God that we, we, we come to because we, sometimes we don't know what else to do. We've tried everything else and it didn't work. So we, we go to this God and hope maybe something's going to stick. I've often used it Christian's idea of prayer sometimes is to take these problems and to kind of throw them up to God and just hope to God that something sticks and doesn't fall back down to us. And the experiences of most of us is if it just comes back down to us and maybe some things stick. So I'm saying that because a lot of times we don't really have confidence that God's going to do, either going to do what we ask him, or maybe down in the recess of our hearts, we may not admit this to anybody else, maybe not to ourselves. We're not sure we have confidence that God can do anything about it. I know there are situations that I have prayed for over in the past, especially national situations, that I' prayed over and for years, and it didn't see any change. And, and what often happens is, after a while, I get a little discouraged, and the next thing, you know, I forget about it, and I go pray about other things. Or maybe I forget to pray about things outside of my own life. I'm just sharing with you what we so- I sometimes go through, and I have to be remembered to get back up and just do it. Do it by faith. But what we don't realize is that when we're praying, something's happening. We often look for whether or not our prayers are being answered by whether we see with these eyes or hear with these ears or get reports of something changing And we don't realize that when we pray, God hears us and he's moving, but there are other forces out there, there are spiritual things going on out there that we don't see and we may not even understand. And God needs us to hold fast in that prayer and expect him to do something in order for him to be able to do what we've asked him to do. I often wonder whether when we get to heaven, God's going to play a video for us and maybe even give us the DVD of all the things we asked God for that He was that were just about to happen and we gave up. Because the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter six, it's not one of the scriptures I've given. This isn't even where I was planning to go. But the Bible tells us in Ephesians six, starting in verse ten, it's talking about prayer. And Paul's telling the church at Ephesus about prayer because if you look in the 20th chapter of the book of Acts when Paul visited with the elders of Ephesus at the last time as he was heading back to Jerusalem to be arrested and go up to be arrested and brought to Rome and was never going to see them again, he warned them that when he left them wolves were going to come into the church and he wasn't talking about four-legged animals, he was talking about two-legged wolves. There were going to be spirits that brought things into the church to try to devour the church. So Paul has warned them that. So when he writes this letter to them, he ends with these instructions on prayer for spiritual warfare. He talks about the armor of God. And one of the most important, the the only offensive weapon that's listed in that armor is a sword. The rest of them are defensive weapons to protect us against the tricks and deceptions of the devil. But the sword... He calls the sword of the spirit, and he says this is the word of God. And I was teaching on this one time, and it hit me that a sword of the spirit is not something that, it's a sword of the spirit. It's not a sword of steel. It's not a sword. It's not a metal sword that we fight physical things with. It's a spiritual sword that fights a spiritual battle. And it is the word of God that comes off of, out of our mouth in prayer or in a confession. And when we pray the word of God, when we pray God's word and God's will over a situation, we are literally empowering angels that are armed to go out and carry out what we prayed. And especially when we come together over big issues and we begin to pray together the same thing, Doesn't have to be the same words, the same things to God. This Almighty God is now able to move and to do what we've called, what He already wants us to do. So when we pray, especially as a church, we are bringing the power of God into whatever that situation is the unlimited power of God. And we're dealing, as I said, with spiritual issues, whatever it's going on, whether it's the election, whether it's racial issues, and I've talked about this before. We get caught up in the physical thing that's going on and often don't realize that's a reflection of spiritual things that are going on behind that. So I want to just talk for a minute, show you a scripture or two, and then we'll talk about this. Luke 13, verse 10. Jesus is here talking about. Uh, is is well. Let's we'll go through the story and then I'll I'll show you what the point is. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. Go ahead. And behold, there was a woman. Notice this with a spirit in, of infirmity, eighteen years. What does that mean? And she was bent over, and could in no way raise herself up. Let's stop there a second. Now, if most of us saw her probably all of us saw her, and find out that she's been in this situation for 18 years, we would think she'd have some kind of arthritis. And if we sent her to an orthopedic doctor and he did x-rays, undoubtedly he would come in because the physical, the physical symptoms, not just by extrapolation, but by the x-rays, say this woman has got arthritis in the back. But look at what Jesus saw. There was something behind that condition that was a spiritual source of that condition. And so it, it's, it's a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. She's been over and could in no way raise herself up. Verse 12. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and he said, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Notice he didn't. He didn't lay hands on her for healing. He understood spiritually what was behind that condition. And I'm going through this because we're looking in our lives, in the church, not just here, but generally in the church, in this world around us, in this nation, we're looking at physical symptoms, things that are wrong, things that are causing people to hurt and to suffer. We're looking at a pandemic where people are sick and they're dying and they're in the hospitals, and and it's fear, and people have lost their jobs. These are real physical situations that are happening. The division of racism is real. We've talked about that last Wednesday night. We talked about it back in September. And the strife that's coming out of that is real. It's real. But there's a source behind it. It's kind of like if you ever go to the doctor well, this happens nowadays, they, they, want to take your, the first, they want to take your temperature. And if, 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 if you're going to... You call the doctor, obviously, and I'm running a temperature of 102, a good doctor will say, don't take any Tylenol. But Tylenol is going to help with the fever. Yeah, but then I can't tell what's behind... The, the fever is a symptom of what's causing it. So there's something that's causing the fever because somewhere there is an infection or inflammation in your body... That that, that your white blood cells are trying to fight off, and I'm not a medical person at all, but it's creating a rise in your temperature. So that's a symptom that there's some other cause behind it. And when it comes to these serious issues, we have to recognize that the problem ultimately is not a situation we're seeing. There's a spiritual source behind that problem. And there's good news there, because that's where we've been given weapons. So let's just go in quickly. Verse 13, he laid his hands on her. Immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the rule of the synagogue asked, we're going to go any further with that. The point I wanted to bring out there is this. The root of the problem was not the osteoporosis or whatever it is that she was called, osteoarthritis, excuse me, that she had. What was causing that was a spirit that was behind that. So let's go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So sometimes, even when we're praying, we're playing. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. So though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. I don't want to to go into the background of why Paul's talking about this. But notice, though, although we walk in flesh, we live in flesh, we eat in flesh, we drive to work in flesh, we operate daily. I'm walking around and talking out of my flesh. But there's spiritual things going on right now. Although we walk on the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So Paul's talking here about a spiritual battle that he was dealing with. And the battle he was going through here was there were spiritual forces trying to stop the gospel from being preached. And it often manifested to himself, against him, in physical problems. Whether they were he was get arrested, whether people were angry at him, whether they threw him in jail... That, that's why he didn't get angry at them. He recognized that there was a spiritual battle going behind, behind that, and he's trying to show the Corinthians that's what's going on in the issue that they had. Verse 4. We don't walk the flesh, but according to the but flesh, but our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not out of the flesh, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. They're mighty in God Not in ourselves. That's why effective prayer is not getting angry at a situation. Many times what we do in prayer is we just get so upset, we just start praying loud and getting angry, and sometimes that can come out of your spirit, but most of the time, in my experience, it comes out of our flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Now, we often use this in teaching about renewing the mind and strongholds that exist in our own mind. But, and that's true. But the context in which Paul's talking about here, the context is, is talking about a spiritual battle that he was preparing the, a church for. Verse 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought captive... To the obedience of Christ, verse 6. Being ready to punish all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. He's not talking about there, he's talking about fighting against God. Being ready to, all right, verse 7. For we do not look at things according to the outward appearance. So Paul is again talking about spiritual warfare. We do not look at what's going on in terms of the outward appearance. But we're looking at it in terms of the spirit, if anyone's convinced he's a Christ, and he goes on to another discussion. So out of these scriptures, I want to see again that the, what, what's, what's going on behind the scenes, and whatever we're going to pray for tonight, is a spiritual battle. And, and the good news is, we may not have an answer of what to do to solve these divisions, these, these issues that divide th- this nation. We don't have the answers of what to do with that. We know somebody that does. But we don't have the answers for all these. But we, no, we have the authority directly from God to deal with the spiritual issue that's going on behind it. So because of that, we need to expand our expectations tonight of what God's going to do. First of all, Just begin to think of what God can do. I heard a message, and I'm going to talk probably a little bit about this on Sunday, about sometimes these things that we say from the pulpit or we may pray about to say, well, you know, God's going to solve the issue of racism, the the issue of racism in this land. God's going to bring peace. God's going to bring harmony. God can bring, God's going to bring all the things we're going to pray for. And and we can say those prayers, but someone in the back of our mind think this is really kind of naive. I mean, after all, you know, we really expect this is going to happen. And this is not my idea. I heard a preacher talk about this. He says, but think about, a Jewish rabbi who never went to school who has collected around him twelve illiterate thugs. And his vision is to change the world. Oh, and by the way, he's going to leave them before he starts and turn it over to... Oh, and one of them's a traitor. And he thinks... He's going to change the world through that and yet in 2,000 years what he started has had more impact on this world and on lives than anything else that's ever existed. Kingdoms and nations have come and gone. Some of the greatest nations in the history of the earth, Rome come and gone. But the church that he started is living strong today and stronger today than it ever has been before and the gates of hell will not prevail against it so was he naive no he was a big dreamer because he had God's dream and he believed that God could do it Ephesians 3 verse 20 the end of the prayer that I love so much and pray so much and, and, and I, didn't, I should have gone back and looked at it. But the verses before... Paul, Paul's prayer... This is his prayer. Teaching him to pray this. He says... That you be strengthened with the Spirit... And in your inner man... That Christ might dwell in your hearts by faith. I mean not, not, not just in the, But he may live his life through the church. So that being rooted and grounded in love... You may come to know together with all the saints... What is the breadth and length and height and depth... And to know the love of Christ... That passes knowledge that you, the church, with all the divisions, with all the misunderstandings, with all the strife, that you might be filled with all of the fullness of God. If you talk about a dream, you talk about a prayer that's so far over the top, that's the biggest one I've ever heard. But look what Paul ends it. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think, according to the power that comes down out of heaven. That's not what it says. According to the power, it's in you. The power and authority for God to move in the church, the power and the authority. For God to move in our communities, the power and the authority for God to move in New England and in in this nation, the power of God to move and change things dramatically is in us right now in the church. Why don't we see it? First of all, because we don't believe it. We may know the scriptures, but I know we don't believe it. Because we don't act like it's true. Otherwise, we'd never be afraid. Why would we ever be afraid of a pandemic? Why would we ever be afraid of what's going to happen as a result of a change in leadership or the keeping the same leadership? What would we ever be afraid because of the ro- Why would we ever be afraid if we knew God, with all the power of heaven, was ready to change if we just ask Him to move, together ask Him to move and change? Why would we ever be afraid? And the fact that so many Christians are afraid is because we really don't believe what God has said to us. But we believe it here. And we're going to believe it more. So I just want to encourage you. We're going to begin to... So I want to end with this and then we'll begin to pray. And the things we're going to pray and the things that I'll release you to pray for in your own own heart for family and people that you know of. Think big. Don't put a limit on what God can do. Don't put a limit on what God wants to do because we're praying things out of God's Word so we already know it's what God wants to do. We already know God can do it. So we need to begin to expect God to do these things. So I'm going to tell you some of the things we're going to pray over and then I'll kind of lead it, and then we'll let you go off and do, do some, some prayer here. And essentially, because of all the strife, we've, we've talked about issues here last Wednesday night and, and a month ago, just about even within the church, people that are going through things. We're going to pray for healing. Healing in our church. We're going to pray for healing in our families. We're going to pray for healing in this nation. And I don't think that's possible. I just said with God all things don't don't limit and it's hard because our mind don't limit what God can do he needs us to dream big he needs us to dream big we put the limit on what God can do and then when we're done I want to just encourage you to just to to not quit not give up on the things that you're asking him for so let's begin i want to start and then then we'll pray through some of these things and just kind of see where the Spirit leads us. And then, uh, and then I'll release you And there's a... I need that card. When you're done. You don't bring it, you have to bring it up now. We've got one healing request. Again, those of you that are online watching uh, and those of you that are here, we have an app where you can go to our, to our website... If you go to, to to the app store or whatever it is on android i don 't know if it is on Android and go look under for faith Christian Center in ccarn there 's an app we have and on that app there 's all kinds of things available to you but there 's one section with prayer which is hands like this and if you open that up and you've got you would like us to pray for something there's a there 's an online there 's a digital form you can fill out it goes to somebody here and then it, the request is handed to me. Before service, and we're going to pray over them here. So, if you don't, if you need prayer, we'd love to pray for you, especially when we got so many people—not just here, but online—joining uh, with us. So, let's go into prayer. If you want to walk around, you have to keep socially distance. I forgot about that. Uh, so, let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight in the name of Jesus. We just come to you as our Father. We know that you're God in heaven, and you are all-powerful, and you are almighty, and you are holy, and you're righteous, and you are absolutely everything that you are, but you're our Father. And we come tonight to talk to our Father about things that are on our hearts, and we know they are things that are on your heart. And Father, our desire as we learn to pray together and talk to you about these things that... That our heart will become more your heart. That our vision will become more what you see. And what moves your heart and what matters to you will begin to be the things that move our hearts and matters to us. Yes, you, you, you care about what matters to us. But as we spend time with you and develop a relationship with you and we learn to share the burdens that you care about with you, that we begin to take on more of your nature, more of your character that you put in Christ. So, Father, as we come together tonight, we ask you by your Spirit to guide us, to guide us not only for what to pray, but to pray together, that the Spirit of unity would begin to draw us to be a people of one heart. And the things that you want us to pray for, the things you long for us to come to you about, you would begin to put in our hearts so that they would resonate with each other together when we come together to pray. Father, the the most important issues are pretty obvious out there. We recognize tonight, Father, that, that so often we look at these issues through our physical, natural understanding and our fleshly eyes. And often we react to them and you either get angry or we we react to them and get overwhelmed and feel like it's hopeless. Forgive us, Father. And begin to open our eyes to see things in the spirit realm, the things that are really going on spiritually. We don't need to understand them. But we just need to recognize where the weapons are that you've given to us. And that they are indeed mighty through God for pulling down strongholds, for changing situations in this earth. Help us to recognize that there are spiritual forces, that there is a God of this earth. And he's out there at work to carry out his plan and to frustrate him, to, to, to to stop your plan. And he's out there to hurt people that you care about and to keep them from you. And help us to recognize that you have given to your church the authority that Jesus came and won back and help us to grow in a confidence in that authority. We thank you, Father, for the privilege tonight that you would use us to do your eternal work, that you would use us, Father, tonight with all of our weaknesses, with all of the distractions in our life, with all of the issues, with all of the failures that we've had and all of the things that we've prayed for before and got discouraged all the times we've not succeeded father and yet you still want to use us tonight you are awesome thank you for that privilege tonight and so we pray first of all that you by your spirit would pull us together draw us together in the spirit together father to commune with you over these issues Father, we come to you to pray for your church, for this church, but beyond that, for, for your church. We pray, Father, for this church that's, been, that's so divided over a number of issues, Lord, political issues, racial issues. There can be other issues, Father, even just the fact that we may not really want to do what your word says which is to bear one another's burdens. So, Father, we ask you to do what no man can do, no program can do, no activity can do, no preaching can do. We ask you to do what only your spirit can do, and that's to bring us together. In order to do that, Father, we have to be able, we have to be willing to honestly look at our own hearts. And so we're asking the Holy Spirit to shine the light of truth, to shine the light of truth in love into those areas of our hearts where we build up walls or they've been built up by our upbringing, wherever they may be, Father, the walls that separate us from one another, from really caring about one another and the walls that separate us from true communion with you. And so, Father, we pray, we ask you to forgive us, first of all. For your word tells us that that you're ready to heal our land if we come to you and humble ourselves and ask. Your word tells us that you're ready to move and bring healing to our land if your people who are called by your name will humble themselves and pray and then repent repent. And turn from our wicked ways. And and those ways may not always be outright sin. They may be attitudes in our heart, hardness in our heart. Father, we often pray for revival. We often speak of revival, but it begins in our own hearts. What we're willing to let you do. And so we're asking the Holy Spirit, the spirit of unity that, that brought that unity in the very beginning of the church and brought together people of different nationalities and different races and people of different economic backgrounds and people that couldn't even speak the same languages and he brought them together to be of one heart and to be of one mind so we're asking the Holy Spirit to do that in this place to do that in this church Father we ask you tonight for wisdom for the leaders not just in this body, but on all the others that are around here that serve you, all the other Christians, the ones that are around here, the churches that are truly your churches, that truly belong to you, that you would work in them to bring that unity and then bring a unity among us. Bring healing, Father, where there's hurt. Healing where there's deep hurt. Sometimes we don't even know it's there. Father, within families, healing within families, Father, for the pressures that we're under right now with this pandemic, the pressures that many families are under financially, the pressures of just in some cases being all together more than they're used to being together, these pressures bring out weaknesses that have been there, and often they're hurts. And the pressure can cause those hurts to be deepened and resentment of form. And, Father, we come to you to bring healing in those families. Bring understanding and patience. Help husband and wife to truly listen to one another and hear one another and, and, and be touched by your spirit and brought back to what brought them together originally. Where there's, where there's strife with the children and among the children, Father, May your spirit bring peace and healing into our families. May he bring healing to this land. Father, only the Holy Spirit can do that. There's no no person we can elect. There's no laws we can pass. There's no programs we can institute. There's no program on television. There's nothing that can be done that can change the hearts of people, which is where the problem is, except your precious Holy Spirit. But, Father, he's done it before. This nation has had several great awakenings where the hearts of people of whole cities have been turned and changed, and they've come together in love, and they've come together to worship you. So much so that institutions that would promote sin is closed because of a lack of customers. We know you can do that, Father. So we're calling upon you. We call upon you to awaken your church for the time that we're in right now. For you've put your church here at such a time as this, and you've put us here for a purpose, a calling, Father, and it's not to fail. It's not to faint. It's not to be destroyed, but you put us here for such a time as this. And though the enemy may be, may be, may be threatening us, and though, though the enemies may be around us and, and snarling at us to devour us and, and telling us that we're going to lose, and we're going to be devoured, Father, greater is he that's in us than he that's, he that's in the world. Your beloved 23rd Psalm said that you prepare a table in the presence of our enemies. A table where we can sit down and commune with you in peace with the enemy across the table threatening to devour us. And we come here tonight to sit at that table, Father. And as we do, we become stronger. And as we do, we become stronger in our confidence in you and stronger in our confidence in your word, And stronger in our confidence in your spirit. So we come to you tonight, Father. To do these things. To bring healing to your church. To bring healing to our families. To bring healing to this region. The churches in this region. To bring healing to this land. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Father, teach us the authority that you've given us as believers. Teach us the authority that we have from the head of the body as we are the arms and the legs and the action of the body. Teach us the authority that we have. And we come tonight, Father, to exercise that authority that you've given to us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the demons fled at his presence. In the name of Jesus, the apostles cast out demons just as Jesus did. And that authority has been given to us. And so we come tonight in Christ, not in our own strength, not in our own motions, not in our own power, not in our own will. But we come tonight as the body of Christ. We come tonight in Christ Jesus with the authority that he has delegated to us. And we stand against the forces of division. We stand against the spirits of strife. We stand against Satan and all of his legions of demons that would try to bring strife into this church and into any church, bring strife into the families and that's bringing strife into this nation over all these issues. And Satan, we take authority over you. And we declare to you in the name of Jesus that your plans, your schemes, your devices will not succeed in this place. We declare in the name of Jesus that the plan and the will of God that's in this church that was birthed over 41 years ago will be carried out that the will of God will be done in this place and through this body in the name of Jesus. We declare that to be so. We authorize our, the angels to go forth and to make a way. We authorize the angels to go forth and to push back the darkness. We authorize the angels of the force, the, the, the angels to go forth and to defeat the armies of Satan that have kept the light of the gospel from shining forth from this place in all of its power. And Father, we ask you to do what Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, that you would together, you would strengthen us by your spirit in our inner man, that Christ might dwell in this place, not this room, but in this body of believers when we're here together and when we go out those doors into our homes and into our community, that the, that the light of the gospel would have an impact in the areas around here and in Providence and the, all the areas that this church touches, both by the people that attend here, the people that watch online, and those that watch through the television program that you've given us the grace and the ability to send forth. Father, we ask you to fill us with your spirit, the spirit of Christ, that he may dwell here and that we may come to know together the limitlessness, the breadth and length and height and depth, the limitlessness of the love of Christ, how high he'll go, how far down his love will go, how wide his arms are to embrace, how deep into the hearts of people And how much he cares that we together may be filled with that love. That we may experience it together. So that we may be filled with all of your fullness. Now as overwhelming as that may seem, Father, you've said in your word unto him who's able, that's you, to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. and your glory be seen in your church through Christ through all generations. Amen. And amen. I'm going to release you now, just to spend some time praying over some of these things, or just whatever comes to your heart. Uh, if it's something that you're in your family, you need, that's fine. But this really should be a time where you're praying for other people. If somebody comes to your mind, just begin to pray for them. Just talk to God about them and, and, and allow the Holy Spirit just to begin to move and to direct you. And then we'll come back in just a few minutes and we'll pray for uh, a need that's been, been given to us. So I'm going to release you to do that and just, we'll come back in just a minute. Thank you. We have one one prayer request that's come in and that's regarding a an issue with a kidney that needs to be healed and so let's come together and pray for this dear sister father we pray for this sister who's filled this card out father we pray for her kidneys to restore the normal function of those kidneys they're so vital to our health And Father, we just pray for those kidneys. We speak to them. We speak to them in the name of Jesus. And we speak to them to function fully. To do the proper full job of cleansing the blood. To function properly and to to produce the urine that's needed to exit the body. We command in the name of Jesus those kidneys to function normally. Satan, you take your your hands off of her body and these kidneys. We bind you from it and command you to leave that body and to release your hold on those kidneys that they may function fully and normally. We speak life to her body and for a full recovery. Father, we pray for anyone here in this room right now or anyone watching online that's dealing with a physical issue in their body. Jesus bore their sicknesses and carried their diseases and by his stripes he has paid for the healing of their bodies. And so we come in his name right now to enforce that healing. And we declare in the name of Jesus we speak health and wholeness to everyone here, everyone watching online from the top of their heads to the tip of their toes. In the name of Jesus. Issues in the ears issues in the neck and the back and the knees, joints we speak wholeness and healing to those joints Satan you take your hands off of those joints, that spirit of infirmity that afflicted that woman 2000 years ago in the name of Jesus you release your hold on those knees and on those joints in Jesus name shoulders shoulders Yes, someone's shoulder has been tightened up and locked up for years in the joint. We speak healing to that joint, wholeness to that joint. In the name of Jesus, to be free, to move freely. Begin to exercise that if that's you. If you're at home watching or you're here, begin to exercise that. Joints that are stiff, begin to move them begin to move them begin to move them heart heart issues hearts yes an arrhythmia that is not beating right irregularly or just suddenly go out of in arrhythmia in the name of Jesus we speak order to that heart those hearts you beat in the proper rhythm at the proper time and in the proper strength in the name of Jesus In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Cancers. Cancers in the lungs. We curse that. In the name of Jesus. We curse that cancer, that cells. You foul spirit, you leave those lungs. You leave those bodies. In Jesus' name. Jesus you turn no one down that came to you for healing it's the children's bread it's the children's bread and we come tonight to eat freely of that bread of health and of healing thank you father thank you father thank you father thank you father Father. that there's no distance in the spirit we thank you father